Today we are going to hear from Carrie and how she navigated slowly losing her father to drug addiction and ultimately what led to his final days. Join us on learning how she reconstructed her life around these tragic events. Howdy partners. There are probably going to be a lot of four letter words said in this episode and those are not starting with any other word than the F bomb. So, <laughs> sorry. Reconstructed podcast is intended for mature audiences. Episodes discuss topics that may be triggering like suicide, suicidal ideation, abuse, and substance abuse. We are not doctors or therapists. If you are in need of help or support, check out our podcast notes. Some names <laughs> have been changed for anonymity purposes. Anonymity. Anonymity. Anonymity? See anonymity purposes. Thanks for listening. Thanks, friends. All right, so today I'm going to be talking about the story that leads up to the end of my dad's life, which was pretty tragic, but we'll talk about it. So from my very first memories of my dad, he had a bigger than life personality. He was my best friend, my safe place. He was my hero. The only things that I really, everything I remember about my dad growing up is literally just positive shit. Positive as fuck. He was the life of the party, the happiest person around. Um, my parents met in the Navy. Both of them were from similar backgrounds. They were both eldest siblings in a small rural town feeling they didn't belong. So the Navy was their way out. My parents separated when I was two. My brother was five and we moved back to my mom's hometown that she could have help because she was there alone in our um, Navy town that we were born and semi-raised in. And my dad actually ended up staying behind in that town. So they met in the Navy. They were together for 10 years. They had about six miscarriages and then they had my brother. And it was a really hard pregnancy where they had to take medicine shots go in every week so that they can make sure that he stayed in. And then with me, of course, <laughs> I was easy. So <laughs> if that's not just what my life was going to be, you know, I'm just an easy gal. I mean, not that, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> easy because I'm just a good girl, okay? And so my dad would not grow up is essentially the story that I've been told. My mom never, though, once ever said a bad word about my dad. My dad never once said a bad word about my mom. My dad would say I'm so lucky to have the mother that I have and how much he loved her and just how amazing of a person she was. And my mom, she loved my dad. They separated when I was two and not because my mother didn't love him, but because he would not grow the up. Hmm. Because he wanted to stay out partying. He, not that he didn't want to be a dad, but he didn't want to be a full-time dad. He did the cocaines and just had fun, which whatever. But, um, so my mom had to make the hard choice to leave him for her kids. So she moved six hours away back to where I'm, I, I call my hometown, which is where she is from originally, because she has her family there. Hmm. 
So, we got to go to my dad's house on any kind of traditional school let out. So Christmas, all summer, any Thanksgiving, anytime you're out of school, we went to my dad's house for that. And I used to brag so much because he lived at the beach and we're from a mountain town. So I'm yeah, I'm going to my dad's at the beach this summer. He's so cool, he has a boat. He's the coolest guy. Anyways, so <laughs> he loved us so hard. He wanted to give us the world so he spoiled us with constant fun and he knew how to show his love through buying things. So he came from not much and he wanted to be more than that. And so he used, even just in a sense of his friendships and his entire life was based around showing people what he had become and that he made it but he also wanted to share his love. He wanted to help whoever he could out. Even if he didn't have the money, he would give them the money. He wanted to, we went to a WWE wrestling match. It was the, what is the big one? Oh. WrestleMania. We went to WrestleMania. Oh wow. I've been to a bunch of hockey games. I've been to a bunch of college basketball games. Everything fun I've ever done in my life was with my dad. It, everything we did was just fun. So, he literally just thought he didn't really have family. He was from, his family was at least 15 hours away, so he had no family, so he created his family. Mm. So he surrounded himself with friends 24 seven. So we had huge parties for Thanksgiving, 4th of July, but it was all friends and it was all just, I don't, that's just, I look forward to those times. And now those times aren't the same because it's not with my dad and it didn't have his lively personality. So, let's get in deep. I honestly had a really good childhood. I had no, not any trauma based on my parents, other than my parents were split up, but I didn't know any better. Yeah. But also, two Christmases. What, what? Every time, two Christmases and birthdays. Hi, there you go, girl. <laughs> and I was always with him on my birthday, so we would do fun shit. So, ultimately, he ended up with this woman, and I'm gonna call her Karen. Her name's Karen. It's just a perfect name for her, sorry. <laughs> so he met Karen when I was two years old. Um, sometimes we think that maybe it was before my mom and him broke up, but whatever. So Karen came in my life when I was two years old and she was my stepmom up until the day my father passed away. So she was a main person in my life from the time I was two years old until the time I was 26 or 27. So she had, I don't know how many back surgeries, but at least seven back surgeries. And so she was, she, she couldn't work. She couldn't clean well, or she says she couldn't clean well um, because her back would hurt all the time. She grew up, or I grew up confiding in her. I told her when I lost my virginity. She was my best friend growing up. But it was very one-sided, if that makes sense. I remember some of my younger memories were her being drunk and I would be so excited to have a girl's night. And her girl's night consisted of she didn't, she couldn't sleep so she would come downstairs and have a glass of wine and we would just stay up and watch TV. Mm -hmm. But with that glass of wine, I was so young, I didn't realize it was wine and pills because she was taking pills because of all of her back surgeries. Mm -hmm. 
So she would come in and she would just be very slurry and very, I don't even know how to describe it. It was just very, you know, your dad is so irresponsible with money. I could have whoever I want. I could be with a doctor right now if I wanted to. That's the kind of things that she would say to me about my dad. Putting him down. She would do that, but then later on be my dad is the best. But it was all, there was always this little hint of passive aggression, but he's not good enough for her. Which, if he, if she's feeling comfortable enough to tell his child at eight, around eight years old, then you gotta think she's probably saying this to his face whenever she's getting into these mental places. But you know what? I looked up to her so much growing up. Even to this day, I find myself doing things that, so I just thought she was so cool. My mom is a very, just, she's me. She doesn't put makeup on. She doesn't really, she doesn't give a shit. She was very much about her image, and she was very much about she had to put her makeup on, her hair was done to the nine. She did not walk out that door without looking glamorized. So I saw that, and I would come there, and she would have a new wardrobe every time I came there, and she would be like, Carrie, come here, let me show you what I got. And she would give me one or two things from her old wardrobe, and I would be like, oh my gosh, ankle. I was with her when I started my period, so she was the one who taught me all of that. She was there for very significant times in my life, and my dad and my brother had this connection. I was my dad's baby girl. That's what he called me. He was like, hey, baby. Even until my adult years, all of my voicemails, hey, baby, I was his baby. But my brother was his boy. You know what I mean? So, like, my stepmom always tried to make me feel included when sometimes my dad would do extra things for my brother. So she did go out of her way to make me feel loved when I was younger. But there was always something else. It was always... She had to. Yeah. You know what I mean? It yeah. wasn't... I don't know. Anyway, so, let's get past her. So... He made literally everything memorable. My and all of my core memories are from my dad making them memorable, from his personality, from who he was. When I mean bigger than life, this man was so amazing. He was so amazing. So I remember every time, even into my adult years, I would stop myself from crying whenever I would leave him. Even when I was 25 years old, I would be pulling away, going back home after I'd spent the weekend with him and I would start crying and I could never stop. I was just so sad because I loved him so much and I did not want to leave him. And he felt, we would give these, these huge hugs and I felt his sadness too. We were his world, we were. That's how it's supposed to be. I mean, that's how kids are supposed to be to their parents and it's amazing to hear that because you had a happiness hangover. Because you did. got to spend some amazing time with your dad. And then I would go home and I would be a terrible kid to my mom and I would be like, Mom, I'm going to go live with dad. I miss dad. I'm going to live with him. Because <laughs> fun parent. <laughs> we had no rules at my dad's house. Literally, I could do whatever I wanted to. I had chores that I had to do, but he paid me for the chores. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like, of course I'm going to do the chores when you're going to pay me $100. <laughs> All right, daddy-o, let's get some chores going. You want me to vacuum your floor? Cause I <laughs> but can we go on the boat later? <laughs> so, kind of, I would say my whole, up until I was 16, there were no red flags. There were no, it was just the best childhood. And then I would say around 16, which I didn't see this at the time, 
but I don't remember how it went down. I just know that one Christmas, my dad had told my mom that he didn't want us to come because he couldn't get us presents. So he owned his own concrete business in a very large town on the East Coast, and he had contracts with the city that he would do parks. Mm. He was, I mean, he was, wow, he so made half a million dollars a year. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, if so not more. Well. I mean, concrete's a pretty decent business, and they do pretty well because of what it entails, but that's wild. I mean, I can only imagine. And he had been doing it for 30 years, so oh, yeah. this man, even today, when I walk, and I'm walking on the sidewalk, I think, what would my dad say about this sidewalk? Because he'd be like, nope, those joints know. Why would they do this, this? You go into a driveway, and he'd be like, yep, that's going to crack right there. It's just all... So this man had a career based around his personality, and he was a businessman. So obviously in the wintertime, construction businesses don't do as well. And he was not great with his money. He made a lot of money, and he spent a lot of money when he made it. So honestly, part of figuring out owning a business, it is a tough, tough uh place to be in when you get that first large check that you've ever gotten in your entire life. It's different. It's different. You gotta have some self-control and sometimes it's not there. It's not. Yeah, I learned, I learned the not there from my dad. But So he didn't want us there for Christmas because he couldn't afford presents. But for me and my brother, it really, it, his, this sounds really cheesy, but his presence meant more than his presence. We just wanted to be around him. He was our everything. All I did was brag about my dad growing up. To all my friends, all I did was brag about how great my father was. Because he was amazing. He was amazing. But you know what? I never learned anything about his life as a kid. My whole youth, I knew nothing. My dad was just this... He was just happy. He was just bigger than life and my mom just let me believe that he was this person and he was he was but there were other things happening behind closed doors this entire time hmm. so when I was 16 he didn't want us to go there for Christmas we ended up going there and it was a great time but he started changing he started I don't even want to say angrier because he was never angry with us but he wasn't as jovial he wasn't as just happy-go-lucky. He started having those stressors and he would start saying things, oh well, my contractor hasn't paid me yet and he was supposed to pay me two weeks ago. And it was always something about money and how he was starting to get so fucking behind that and it was these contractors' fault. Mm -hmm. They didn't pay him. Mm -hmm. They owe him money. Anyways, so we at this time, I think when I was, we lived in a condo until I was about five years old that my family owned. That, so, pause. My stepmom's family became our family. Okay. Because they were in that town. Well, and you did say your dad's family was so many hours away. And he tried to get away from them, ultimately. Okay. So, like, they were my family there, and they were my dad's family. Yeah. So, they, we lived in my aunt's town home until I was five years old. Then we moved into my dad's dream house. And this house was beautiful. It was on this stream, I guess you would call it. Would it be a stream? What would you call the intercoastal waterways, the little rivers, but not rivers? Anyways. Oh, a creek. A creek. creek. It was off the creek. Off the creek. 
it was off the creek. Off the creek, he built the coolest fucking water mill around it, this huge fireplace. We built a tree house in the top of the tree. Um, we had a boat that we went on every weekend. He taught me how to drive a lawnmower and I rammed it into a tree. Um, <laughs> we had four wheelers and my brother got it stuck in the swamp in the back. I mean, I didn't have a, with my mom who I lived with full time, I didn't have a community where we lived. We lived off into the dead end road where no one was in the country. So there were families and there were kids and it was just everything I wanted growing up was at my dad's house. Yeah. My friends were there. I could go and hang out with my friends. I could, I had a life in that neighborhood. Yeah. So when I was 17, we moved from that dream home back into our condo. And their reasoning was that, so my stepmom, Karen, her reasoning was that she, her back hurt so much that she could just not keep up with the house. She could not clean it. She did not, the amount of space that it was, so they needed to downsize. So that's what I thought. And uh, there's another story past that, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, so when I was 17, or no, when I was 18, my dad's dad died. We went to Florida, and me and my brother rode down there, and we met my dad and my stepmom. And they got themselves a room in a hotel, and they got me and my brother a room in a hotel. So at the time... My dad was not talking to his dad, and I could not understand why. But I didn't know his life story either, so I didn't know what his relationship was with his dad. I knew my grandma and grandpa, but only what they showed me of the, the little amount of time that I got to see them. And so, my grandpa passed away. We went to the funeral. And there was a bar in the hotel, and so that night, my brother, me and my dad, and my stepmom were all... My dad got so... So I went upstairs because I was tired, and my, me and my stepmom went upstairs. My dad got so messed up, and I assumed it was from alcohol, that he came to our room, or my brother brought him to our room, because that's the only place he could get him. And he fell on my brother's bed and peed all over himself and was unresponsive. Okay, so that's obviously traumatic for your kids. I mean, I can imagine you not knowing what the hell was going on. I was, and I have never been around drugs. I've never, I don't. That you know of. That I know of. I've never been around people who acted that and got, I've never been around someone who peed on themselves when they were messed up. Yeah, I mean, that's really not a common occurrence or at least a shouldn't. And it was so scary. It was so scary. But I gave him the benefit of the doubt his dad just died, you know? Yep. And he hadn't been talking to his dad, and he had so much regret and grief from that. So, there's more to that story, but we'll get into that later again. So, when I was also around 19 years old, I actually paused. I went to college, and it was two year, or two hours away from my dad, but four and a half hours away from my mom. So I got homesick every weekend. I went to my dad's. So this was the first time in my life that I, I don't know, that felt home. Yeah. I got to spend every weekend with my dad, and that was so fucking, I'm so grateful for that. 
I haven't even thought about that until just now. The amount of time I truly got to spend. He was so proud of me too. I did my homework the whole time, so it didn't matter. I didn't actually get to see him. I was just doing freaking homework, but. So I got to go to my dad's then, and he was so proud of me, and I uh, ended up not going to college anymore because I wanted to do hair, which, shocker, I'm still doing hair, and I freaking love it, but I actually went to college for biochemistry, so it really works out with me doing hair. <laughs> so um, I moved into my own apartment, and my brother moved in with me because me and him were really, really close growing up. So, at some point, my brother ended up moving with my dad because my brother had his own problems in town, and so he needed to get away from those. And when was this? How old were you? I think I was 19. Okay. And so, ultimately, my brother's girlfriend moved up there with them, and he ended up getting her pregnant. And I was pissed. Because she just wasn't the person that I, I don't know, I wanted to control everything. Obviously now I realize that who, whatever path that people are supposed to live, that's their path and it's not my problem. But in my 19 year old brain, I was telling my brother how dumb he was. My nephew is the love of my life, so I'm so grateful for this child. But something happened in between that time where they broke up and she came and stayed with me at my apartment. And then she discloses to me that my dad is a drug addict. Wow, so that's different. Someone that is the probably least likeliest person to share details of your life and your dad's life with you. That must have been... But she lived with him for about a year. Yeah, okay, so she saw it. So she saw firsthand, she was basically a carry your dad does drugs and that's why he is the way he is i don't think she at all had bad intentions she was young too so i'm sure there was haha fuck you brother yeah i'm gonna go tell your sister this but i also think she felt i needed to know yeah i i mean i could definitely see her wanting you to know because she obviously could tell that she didn't because at this point so my dad, there was two times where my dad was supposed to come and see us in our hometown instead of us coming to him. And it would literally be the day of he's supposed to be on his way. We've talked to him and let's say six hours has passed and we're like, hey, are you close? And then he would be like, I'm not coming. I can't come. My contractor didn't pay me and I don't have money to get there. And so in my mind, I'm just sitting here, what, what is going on? What is going on with him? And so this was the answer to that. Hmm, so it's, you know, confusing and you get to a point where you see, okay, you're connecting dots. You're starting to put pieces together. You're starting to put the puzzle together a little more. Dude, my world shattered. My world shattered. The person that I thought was my hero, the person that I told everyone about, the person who I loved the most had lied to me my whole life. And to learn that and to learn, and you know what sucks is that it sucks to even look at him that because he was going through something that made him do that, but I had no grace for him at all. It was instantly just, how could he fucking do this to me? 
He did this to me. He wants to hurt me. He doesn't give a fuck about me. I'm his child and he's choosing these drugs over me. So I stopped talking to him. Uh, for about a year, it was very touch and go. I, he would reach out to me, but he was embarrassed. He was embarrassed that his baby girl just found out. He never wanted me to know that. Yeah, and I think, for the most part, he did a damn good job keeping it a secret. And Looking back, it's almost, that's why he would, I feel that's why he was so sad when we would leave, because we were his only happiness. I believe that. I know that sounds really crazy to say, but when we left, I feel his world kind of went dark a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I could totally see that. I understand. I mean, it's, you guys were probably the light. You were probably what he looked forward to. You know, it was pureness coming. And then when you left, he had to face the darkness again. His wife's doing drugs, pills for her back, and then drinking on top of it. And it, he's surrounded by it, his environment. He's the only one who is providing for the family. And so at this point, his wife tells him every day, what I assume, she tells him every day that he's not good enough. He's not making enough. She wants to live this grandiose lifestyle and can't be just okay with what they have. So he's constantly just feeling he needs to do more and more and more and more and more. And so on top of me finding out that he's a drug addict and I just cut him off, he has all this other shit, let alone the trauma that put him into his drug use in the first place, right? Yep. So now I know my dad's a drug addict and... My world's crushed, but at, I think about 20 years old or 21, my dad calls me and he's, listen, I have a drug problem and I'm so sorry that I've kept it from you and I want to be better. He also got caught buying pills and was given a prayer for judgment and had to go to a court-ordered rehab and methadone clinic, suboxone clinic, whichever one. And so he really, really got clean in those times, and he really wanted to repair his relationships with us. And I still, at this point, it's too easy for me to cut people off. So I was very much, I really appreciate your apology. I knew that you were a drug addict. And he was, oh my God, really? And I'm, yes, I, what? And anyway, so that's beside the point, but he was, I want to repair this. And so I appreciated him coming forward with that. And I was open to repairing it without putting my fucking heart on my sleeve, essentially. Well, I mean, you got hurt. You got hurt in the process. It, it touched upon a place for you and you backed away because you didn't want to be disappointed or feel that hurt again. And that's understandable. And so my brother this whole time, and I don't want to speak for him at all, but I know that he stayed around for my dad. He felt, my brother has also had a substance abuse issues, whereas I've never had that. So he felt this connection to my dad and understood my dad more for where he was coming from. and He wanted to be there for him. So my brother, so I stepped back and kind of mourned the loss of my dad and who my dad was. Whereas my brother kept trying to get my dad back. But what I'm saying is I think that it's okay to step away from someone and put boundaries up 
for someone who keeps crossing them and keeps hurting you. And that doesn't make you a bad person or responsible for anything. And I've, I had a lot of grief knowing that I cut him out. But now I've looked back and I'm so grateful that I was able, I wouldn't be able to have healed the way that I did. And I, how was I supposed to know what was going to happen was gonna happen? It's completely out of my control. All I can do is put boundaries in place for myself, you know? I'm very grateful for how I've handled everything. But um, so when I was about 20, yeah, I was 20, cause I remember I drank a glass of wine and I was not 21 yet. But we went to Chicago for Christmas cause one of my aunts, one of my stepmom's aunts lived in Chicago. Um, it was so fun. Just being in Chicago is so cool and to know you have family that lives in Chicago, you're like, oh, we're going to Chicago for Christmas. Anyways, so it was the worst fucking trip of my life worst trip so we go to Chicago and my dad he sleeps the whole trip he is up in the room sleeping and so is my stepmom and they're saying that they just don't feel good by this time I'm fully aware that they are drug addicts so I'm not fucking stupid right so I'm while they're upstairs sleeping their lives away I'm down there telling my aunts what the fuck's going on and I'm telling them these two cats upstairs are on drugs. And I'm telling you right now, they've been doing drugs for this long. And so my aunts knew to a small extent. But whenever I opened that can of worms, shit popped off. Let me pause that because the day before shit popped off, we drove to his family to go have dinner with them. The whole way there, he swerved into oncoming traffic about seven times and almost killed us because he was so messed up and we were screaming begging him to let one of us drive and he's like no i'm good that is not my dad he would never put me in danger of that in his right if if he were in his right state of mind yeah and even that's tough because you're constantly remembering who he was and you're you're putting that next to who he is in this moment and you're having to force tell yourself this is not who he is this is not who he is so it's a, it's a tough dynamic and also i was taking um i have adhd hardcore and i was medicated for that so i found him going through my purse to get my medication oh now that's different that's a and it was so awkward. I saw him and he saw me and then he just put it down. He was like, oh, I was just closing it up. And I didn't say anything, but I know what he was doing. Well, and I have a feeling he knew, you knew what he was doing. So shit popped off that night and my aunts, basically we had an intervention. We were like, listen, we know what's going on and this is not okay. And you guys need help. And they essentially left that night and they were we are not gonna sit here and listen to you guys accuse us of something that we are not doing go fuck yourselves and we're gone and so i was i am not fucking riding home with you guys <laughs> i think i will take my chances hitchhiking i'm gonna walk paper. for 13 hours so and my answer no 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 we'll fly you you don't have to go home with these psychopaths <laughs> And they were like, you are not flying with them. You're coming home with us. That's it. And I was like, I love my dad. <laughs> you know, like, I still love my dad so fucking much. I don't want to disappoint him, you know? So I'm riding home with them. And it was... 
the most awkward ride of my life. We did not really talk, so, but we got there. Same no way. swerving. <laughs> I feel like adrenaline was really pumping in those, those hours. So, after this trip, I kind of stopped talking to him as much again. I stepped back again because obviously he's not doing as good as I thought he was doing. And... I, I just really needed to separate myself because I just really didn't know what I, even though I had, I knew, I knew that he was a drug addict, but I still didn't. I didn't want to believe it. And the way that he put me and my brother on a pedestal our whole lives and how much we meant to him and slowly, not his love for us didn't deteriorate, but the drugs took over, right? So it changed who he was as a person. It did. And all those I can't tell you how many times. So my brother ended up moving back in with me at some point. And my dad, so my brother and his son. And my dad would plan to come see us all these times. I can't tell you how many times he would say he was literally on his way. I'm on my way, guys. I'll be there in six hours. Here's what time I'm going to be there. Let's say 1, 1 p.m. So 1.30 rolls around. We call him. He doesn't answer for the next two hours. And so we're both just, and at some point, he just never answers. And we just realized, oh, he's not coming, I guess, you know? It just became normal that our dad would just stand us up and not come. I feel like I mourned my dad for about at least eight years. I slowly mourned losing my dad. Because you were mourning the person he used to be? Because he got lost more and more, deeper and deeper into the drugs with my stepmom. And so... Now that I know my dad is a drug addict, um, I would just talk to my brother to check in on him. So my brother was the one still in communication with him. So there was, I think, two times where he called my brother and was crying and told my brother he was going to commit suicide. And now he, my brother is the man of the family now. And my brother would call me, bawling his eyes out. And I would call my aunts and I'm, listen, he's just said he's going to commit suicide. And they're like, don't worry, he's not going to. I said in multiple times, I said, if he's going to fucking do it, then he might as well just fucking do it. I was so pissed. I was so angry. I, he let me down so much. He chose to not love me. He chose these drugs over me. This is the way I was thinking in this time. It was a personal attack on his fucking children is how I felt. You didn't know any different. I mean, you, you were a child. You were young. You didn't know what to think. Again, you didn't get a manual on how to deal with a parent. He was the parent. He was the parent. You did not ask to be here. You did not ask to be here. So with him saying he's going to com commit suicide, obviously we had a, an idea that he was suicidal, but he never did it, right? So when I was 26 years old, 27, I don't know. July 19th of 2019, I was three months pregnant. I had just decided to move away from everything that I knew and start my own life 
in a completely unknown place with my new daughter and leave my family who literally is my rock. My family is my fucking everything. Some people aren't close to their family and my mom's my very best friend. My brother was my very best friend. Those were my people. My niece and nephew, oh my gosh, like, Oh, I get it. I couldn't leave them, but I, I decided it. it was time for me. It was time for me to start my own life, and I hated where I was. So I'm, I remember the day so well. And I'm going to read the text message. I was in the Chick-fil-A drive-thru. And I got this text message. And it says, and I have gotten multiple text messages this, similar to this, throughout the years, right? I love you, Carrie. I know we have not been on the same road, but I'm so sorry. I'm so proud of you. And if I did or said something that made you mad, I'm sorry about that. And you are such a strong-willed woman. I hope nobody gets in your way. I love you. And I said in my head, I'm so fucking sick of getting these messages. I'm sick of it. He says this so much. I'm sick of it. And I just put it down. I didn't even... So that night, that was probably like 6 o'clock. Well, yeah, 6.31 p.m. My brother called me at 9 o'clock, and I could tell something was wrong. And he said, Carrie, I'm coming over. And I said, what? What, what are you talking about? What's wrong? He's, I'm coming over, and so is Mom. So then you're definitely wondering something's not I knew. I looked at my boyfriend and I said, Dad killed himself. He said, why would you say that? And I was like, he killed himself. So I got my phone really quick and I texted him and I said, I love you, Dad. I found out I'm pregnant. I'll know more on Wednesday. Life has been crazy, but I think I'm ready. Ready as I ever will be. I love you so much. Just hoping that I was wrong. Hoping that he didn't kill himself. And, uh, but I was numb as fuck, dude. When they came in, they told me he did it. And, uh, I just kind of sat there and I was like, he fucking did it. I was in shock. I had no emotion. I couldn't cry. I almost laughed. But also at some level, I feel as though I kind of prepared myself. Mourning yourself because when you started to see the little glimpses of who your dad truly was leading up to this moment, it for this season of his life, that's not who what he the was. drugs, yeah, what the drugs made my dad. Yes, so when you started to really see what the drugs started to take over his life and how it started to impact his life, you realize this is probably not going to end up well. Well, this is just the beginning of the story because it gets really fucked up from here, dude really fucked up and i'm gonna laugh because this shit is just something else it just it's too much not to laugh it's just hey friends it's tiffany check back next week to find out what happens with carrie and the tragic events surrounding her dad dun 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 no but seriously though it's about to get even more forked up. Join us next time for some more extraordinarily forked up journeys.
For resources, check out our podcast notes. But if you have a story you want to share with us, please email us or send it on our Instagram. We'd love to hear it and share it. Till then, friends, stay forking safe. Hashtag traumatized as fork. <laughs>